Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sunday Skate with Scott McLaughlin, Andrew Razor Raycroft, and Bridget Prue on WEI. Hobson ahead to Palmieri. He scores! Well, Palmieri scores again. Pajot back to Palmieri. Pollock closes a kick save and Palmieri has a natural hat trick in 12 minutes and 19 seconds. Unmitigated disaster. A 5-1 loss on the island. This is Sunday Skate with Andrew Razor Raycroft and Bridget Proof. I'm they Scott finally got my name on there. I love it. Now we, we have a show. We do, yeah. Now we have a show. Bridget's on there. Look, we got we got we got on track before the Bruins did. So, at some point, I think we're gonna do a Sunday skate after a win. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, Remains to be seen. So last night, obviously a complete no show, five-one loss to the Islanders. And normally, you know, if games like that don't happen too often, I can write them off. Every team has stinkers throughout the season. But where the Bruins are right now, it just adds to my concern level because it's the third the third one of these, like, absolute no-shows that they've had since the All-Star break. You add in the blown leads, the inability to close out games. They're now 4-4-5 four, four, and five since the All-Star break. You thought they were finally starting to build some positive momentum on Thursday when they beat Vegas in regulation, and that game wasn't pretty, and we can get into that. Uh, as we go through the show today. But they got the win. That's what was most important. And then they followed up with that Saturday night against the Islanders. Scott was already fired up. Even with the win, he was he was yeah. grumpy the next day. Listen, I was I was the negative one on the show yes, last was. week. I, I can't say I've seen anything in the past week that's made me feel any better. Uh Razor, you're you're usually the, the optimist. Are you still feeling okay? Yeah, of course. I mean <laughs> Why wouldn't, like, again, just quit? Like, I, I get that. I think this is, like, the funniest thing. Like, burn it down. Like, oh, then what's the point? Um, it, Again. For the record, I'm not there. The we'll Colorado Avalanche lost 5-1. to one. I would assume if I took a poll of all Bruins fans, they would think that the Colorado Avalanche were amazing. The Vancouver Canucks are 4-5-1 and one in their last 10 games. They have the second most points. The Dallas Stars are 4-3-3 three, and three in their last 10 games. The Colorado Avalanche, like I just mentioned, are 5-4-1 and one in their last 10 games. And the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who everyone thinks is amazing because they have Bruce Cassidy as a coach, is 3-6-1 in his last 10 games. 
These are all playoff teams that are under 500 in their last 10 games or right around 500 in the last 10 games. The Bruins, 3-2-5 and five in their last 10 games. Uh, so, yes, around the or, – or sandwiched in between the, the way the Florida Panthers are playing, the Maple Leafs are playing at 9-1, and one, the Rangers 8-1-1. One one. Yeah, it would feel much better if they were doing that. But they're, they're struggling. They have – their top two defensemen out of the lineup, the Boston Bruins. I think it's very obvious that Hampus Lindholm helps this hockey team. Can we all, like, not rip on Hampus Lindholm when he comes back for the next three weeks? Because it's very obvious that the Bruins need him, and he's a very good hockey player. I, I, I think we can see that now. I hope everyone can see that now. And and the reality is th- this is this this is why it's a problem. But this is also why I'm not going to go full panic concern is because the Bruins' best players haven't been very good. That That's what it comes down to. You, you go through Marshawn, Pasternak, Coyle, DeBrusque, Zaka. They're not scoring. And the power play is not good. The, like, you go through those five guys. They're not getting points. They haven't scored consistently. It's been for 12 games now. That's why they're not winning. I don't think, I don't think that that is going to continue for another 20 games plus seven in the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to be cold and not be able to get going offensively for 27 games. So that's it's a bad stretch. Last night's game was horrible, but it's it is what it is. Yeah, and you're. You don't know how long they're going to be missing Zaka now, right? He goes down, and Montgomery post game didn't have any update on what you know what could be happening with him, how long he might be out. He already had gone quiet. Um, he's somebody that I would say it was the, over the la- the stretch of the last you know ten games, I guess you could say, hadn't been producing the way that he he has in the past, and. Um, and you start to see the injuries cropping up maybe a little bit, and we're less than a week away from the trade deadline. So um, some injuries always impact the trade deadline. Uh, so it, you never know what what that's going to – how long he's going to be out, how that's going to affect it when Lindholm is coming back. Um, and they also said Brazo is banged up, Grizzlick's banged up. Um, so, yeah, there's they're going through some adversity right now for sure. Yeah, and that's – the fascinating part of this is the trade deadline is on Friday. So whatever answers Don Sweeney thinks his team needs or whatever changes he thinks they need, he doesn't have, you know, if Lindholm's not back this week or if Zaka misses some time, like Don Sweeney isn't going to have the luxury of, well, let's sit back and let it play out and see if these guys get going over the next couple of weeks. He needs to make those decisions now. And Razor, you mentioned all those forwards who have gone quiet uh, you know, to that to that point, Jake DeBrusque, one goal in the last 14 games. Brad Marchand, one in the last 11. Pavel Zaka, zero in the last 11. James Van Riemsdyk, zero in the last seven. Does that top six need an upgrade? And if it does, how do you even get it? Obviously, someone has to come off the active roster, but I, I've gone back and forth on what's a bigger need, forward defense, forward defense. Reality is, is they could probably use an upgrade in both areas. They might only be able to get one. I think Hampus Lindholm coming back on defense at some point, whether it's this week, next week, whenever, will help. I'm really worried about the forward group. It's just too many guys who have gone quiet for too long. And whether it's a legitimate top six guy, which would be ideal, or 
a third liner. I think this team, if they're going to be a contender, and we can get into the conversation of whether they're even going to be a contender because I think there's a lot of Bruins fans ready to throw in the towel. As negative as I've been, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, but I think they're going to need another score, and I, I don't know how they get it. I don't know if they can just afford to bank on all these guys stepping up who, who aren't getting it done right now. I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. It's it's extremely tough. There's not as many scorers out there as there are kind of big defensemen. Um, and and the, the the big reason for all of that, and, and especially for everyone, is how, how you get them. Um, it's certainly going to be a three or four team trade dealing with draft picks and capital and holding cap and retaining numbers. And um, it would be... It would be convoluted because that that's just where the Bruins are. Now, listen, that, that's that's the same for all the other teams are all $20,000 under the cap that are doing these deals, and that's why you see um, the Dallas Stars essentially get Tanev for no dollars. Uh, they didn't have to pay him. So you, you have to make deals like that. You have to give up random fourth-round picks to do it, and uh, it will be interesting. But I, you could sway me in saying – sway me – you could say you could put me on that side of the on the ledger saying that they need uh, another guy up front to score, and, and maybe it is just a score. Maybe you don't need the sandpaper up front that people have talked about and the and the and the aggressiveness that they need. Maybe they just need a guy who can rip pucks in the net. Yeah, that's where I've been for a few weeks now. Just middle six forward, preferably second liner. Probably, like, you're probably not going to find a first line. We already talked about how few assets the Bruins have to give up in the first place. So um, we were trying to get creative when we were thinking of what they could possibly do because they don't have a whole lot to to give up, right? Um, and talking about maybe trade forward for a second-round draft pick, if you could, or, like, a you know, for a draft pick, turn the draft pick into package that with someone else, DeBrusque maybe, or, or and we t- brought up Allmark again, which I want to get your opinion on, um, something that we talked about with him, but it's going to have to take a creative move for them to get an actual impact forward um, yeah. in, in the market that the way that it is right now. And and the only two like on currently on the roster players that seem to have any value to people would be DeBrusque and Allmark and potentially one of the defensemen if you trade them to someone that's in the playoff hunt and want like a big shot blocking defenseman like Forbert or something like that, which you had mentioned before that uh, most teams would, would want someone like that. And we saw Labushkin go to Toronto and, and fetch a, a middle round pick. So. Yeah. I mean, if Ilya Labushkin's worth a third round pick, I, I would think Forbert's worth something similar, but obviously that takes, you know, another team being willing to do that. Toronto knew Labushkin from before, which, to me, makes it even more bizarre that they wanted to give up a third-round pick for him because I'm not I'm not a fan of his. But uh, yeah, it. I I have some creative ideas I want to get to as we go on this morning. Um, but I think that the first question we have to answer, just to start, is what level of investment is this team even worth? Like, should you be giving up assets to see? He's laughing at to you. To quote That's unquote, what I- <laughs> to quote unquote, go. Maybe not all in like last year, but give up assets to invest in this team making a run versus maybe you just let it ride out. You are limited asset-wise. You're limited cap-wise. That would be the easiest path to go. 
is just say, look, we knew this was going to have to be a reset year to some extent. You know, we've done the best we can. We just let it ride. We see what happens. And then we use all the cap space we have in the summer and we retool then. And that's when we really make the aggressive push to load up for next year. Would that be acceptable or should Don Sweeney still be investing in this year's team and giving up assets to do it? So I'm, I'm laughing I'm sh- because I know it's not, I know it's not you. I, I know that's like a narrative. Somehow that's like a, a, a I blame na- Scott. <laughs> no, it's not a Scott narrative. It's you didn't make that up. I've I've heard it. Like everybody, that's like the narrative, and it, and it's so odd to me. It's just like this is the national. It's pro sports. It's National Hockey League. You think guys are like these teams and these organizations and the owners and the GMs and the presidents and the players and the trainers and are showing up to the ring saying, you know what? It's just a retool. Like let's just get through the next twenty games. We're not. We don't really need to try out here every day. We don't need to really think about what's going on tomorrow. Let Let's just. Let's just kind of cruise. Let's just try and get through these next twenty games, and 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 just we'll roll the dice. And we'll, we'll worry about that. We'll 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 load up with all this cap money we have, and we'll be so much better next year. And then we'll be the contending team. Even though, don't forget, guys, don't look at the standings though, because we have eighty four points. We're only two points out of the top spot in the entire National Hockey League. But let's just kind of cruise to the end. There's no point of investing in us. There's no point of trying the rest of the next 20 games. Let's, you know, we're, we're, we'll get our playoff games and then we'll, we'll bow out. Like people, Don Sweeney doesn't think like that, right? Like can't like our, the teams you're in pro hockey, you're in pro sports. You don't think like that. So you're trying to make your team better every single minute that you're awake. And then every single day that you show up, you're trying to do better and, and be better. And, um, so, so the, the idea that, listen, it might have to be that way in that you can't, I think we're, they're not going to, they're not getting rid of everybody to go all in on this. They can't, they just can't, they don't, they don't have the first round pick that might be important to somebody. They're not giving up Patra, Lysel, Lowry. They're good prospects that they think are going to be national hockey league players and, and they don't have the money to do it. So it might be. It might be something that it, it does kind of look like they're standing pat, or but it, it's not because the a, a lack of someone being on the phone and trying to be on the phone and trying to make deals and trying to make their team better or players trying to make themselves better. It's just the 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 business of the league. Um, and, and because again, I, I think it, it's it's really scary to say you're going to punt. Being an 84-point team with 20 games left to next season because you don't know what next season presents. And the injuries and and the salary cap, yeah, they have lots of money, but so does everybody else. You're better, you're getting, you know, like, are you going to overpay? I can't wait till we overpay for people. Oh, that's going to be great next year. When somebody's on an eight-year deal for $8 million instead of $5 million, we just blast them for all the money they spend on the salary cap, right? Like you, it just, it doesn't, you, you have to go for this right now. You have to go for it. They're not going to sell the farm. They're not going to, they're not going to be crazy about it because they can't, but they, they need to invest in this team. Absolutely. They need to invest in this team, whether it's 2% and rather than the 40% they invested last year, they have to do it. Yeah. And, and I lean towards just looking at the history of the way Don Sweeney has handled trade deadlines that he's more likely to do a big move, which by that, I mean, like include a DeBrusque or an Allmark or in a package and, um, you know, something that 
comes together that we might not um, necessarily see coming right now, but, uh, you know, what he's working on, I think it's much more likely he does something big than doesn't do anything at all or just adds, like, a fourth-line tough guy. Well, look I at Lindholm. More look likely. at the deal he made for Lindholm. Exactly, and we didn't know a that. Very was... similar type situation, like a way much worse situation where the Bruins were. They were locked in, like, eighth place at that the, time when he made that deal. The craziest part of the Hampus Lindholm trade is they gained cap space when they made that trade. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, well, like he that maybe that comes, like, if he can, again, that, that was an incredible deal that does not get enough love. There no. certainly doesn't get enough love for. And, and, like, the Taylor Hall deal. Like, he he's able to find players that they, because of their no-trade clauses. They only that, want to come they here. They only want to come to a certain spot, and that gives you the ability to trade with not as much value, uh, you trade out not as much value to get in someone like Taylor Hall. And, you know, there there are those deals to be made. Maybe you're dealing with another GM who doesn't quite get it the same way you do or, or you know, they, they're in a different situation. They're not thinking about it the same way that um, we're thinking about it or seeing it from a c- contender side of it um, with what their goal is in rebuilding or whatever it is that they're that they're trying to do. So sometimes it's in the player's own hands who wants to come here and in that that can help your situation you might save a little bit of you know maybe you you don't have to send an extra pick or something like that to to get who you want and along those lines we thought maybe Noah Hannafin would be one of those players who tries to angle his way to Boston his hometown Elliot Friedman on Saturday night said that there's rumblings that Hannafin's preferred destination is Tampa Bay so that would throw a wrench into those plans um Lots more trade talk we can get to last night, how the Bruins are playing, what should they do at the deadline, how aggressive should Don Sweeney be. We're going to get to all of that and more. You can give us a call, 617-779-7937, and we'll be back after this. Charlie, what was uh, your favorite thing as, from a team aspect of last last game? I know you kind of let them back in for a bit, but obviously held on and got the win. Um, that we won in regulation. Okay, yes, true. Okay. I don't even, it was just, you know, little bit uh needed to see that again just so just for the group overall and for our mentality moving forward and and things uh when something doesn't happen for a while you need to see it happen again so so you can believe that you can still do it so it was good and you know this team knows how to play and we know how to win um uh, and hopefully that can you know we can really string together some some good 60 minute efforts now Well, they didn't do that. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. That didn't happen. They did not string together good 60-minute efforts. In fact, that was just about a zero-minute effort Saturday night. Uh, so we, we're, we've been breaking it down. Bruins continue to, to struggle with an absolute no-show against the Islanders. Trade deadline now five days, six days away. Let's Let's go to the phones. Let's take Maria from Watertown here. She's got some thoughts on the Bruins right now. Maria, what do you got? I, I, I'm, I'm just baffled. Um, to me, there seems to be some type of a disconnect that has been building over a period of time. I, I find it difficult to understand the stark contrast in the play of this team from the start of the season, the rough patch that they hit in December. They got themselves out of it in January to some degree, and now here we are in February where they seem like a lifeless, unemotional um, roster of players. And, and I have to wonder if there is something 
that is not resonating either between the players themselves, between the coaches themselves. Just something seems to be a bit off or broken. And, you know, Razor, I, I want to ask you as a, as a former goalie now, by his own admission, Jim Montgomery said that Linus Allmark was left out to dry, hung out to dry last night. What harm would it have done to pull Linus, if not to send a message to the rest of the team to, in, in an effort to even try to spark a little bit of emotion in that game? Because to me, the only players that had any emotion in that game last night were Mark McLaughlin, Geeky, and Laco. And so I, I'm, I'm more concerned about not um, the fact that, you know, they're, they're losing games, but it's how they're losing games and the inability to battle through this. So th- those, are, those are my concerns, my thoughts for today. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks thank you, a lot, Bridget. Maria. Uh, yeah, but Bridget mentioned it in her trending, but Mark McLaughlin was maybe the only positive or certainly one of them. First game of the season, first goal of the season. So big night for the McLaughlins, big night for <laughs> Gorica. Uh, Wait, what, what makes this a big night for you? Huh? I, I had a great night on Twitter. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. wow. All right, did you go viral or something? Like, what? Did no, you was, have really good popcorn? I don't know. What. I, I was I was arguing with uh, people who want to sell and uh, fold up shop for the season, which <laughs> we also have some of those texts. So oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into some of that. But let, let's start with, with Maria's comments, Razor. I, I guess we'll start with the goalie. Should should Montgomery have maybe pulled all marks to try to shake things up, wake the team up? No, no, that that wasn't last night. They uh, they they weren't waking up with a goalie pull last night. I think the coaches knew that, and that three nothing. When it happens that quickly, it's just you know you're you're up. Linus did a great job. He made some huge saves to not let it get out of hand in the first and second period. You, you let them grind that out and get through the third period without giving up any goals and, and just kind of making it a, a, just a kind of a bad loss rather than an absolutely horrible night and, and then dealing with the, the having to chat with the goalie after today. You know, oh, we pulled you because of that. You know, no. It was just better to keep him in and have him grind it and fight it. And he did all that really well. So I would add him into the, the three guys that Maria mentioned that, that played really well last night because I thought Linus hung tough. Yeah, and they have a back-to-back coming up Monday and Tuesday, so keep everyone on their regular rest. Don't yeah. don't mess with that. Like I, I didn't have an issue with that. Yeah. Uh, how about Maria's other point about is there something going on, going on in the locker room with messages not sinking in or not registering with guys because you know that we do keep hearing, I think the right things and the same things over and over again, whether it was. The blown leads, how they want to play more aggressively. They want to control the puck. They want to push it. They want to extend leads. Well, they haven't been able to do that. They talk about some of these slow starts and, you know, finding a way to win with your B game. But then last night they don't find their A, B, C, or D game. I was going to say, so. what what was that at? Like, F? Like, yeah. We're like, we're down. That's it's, the it's the, we were, it's we the, were F, the F minus, like the yeah. Patriots got for their uh, – Treatment yeah. of players' families this week. Or <laughs> F minus. What a that's that's a bad grade. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad grade. It's uh, no, I, I, I. That's a big stretch. It's a big, big uh, stretch to go that far 
after to go what to like to go to say that there's locker room issues or, or a disconnect between everybody. I, I think this team we we talked about the culture and 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 the people etc. for for years and and I I just I don't think that is the case. I, again, I I'm just gonna go back to like the you just said. No goal, one goal in 14, no goals in 11, one goal in 14 from three, four of your top offensive players. So, you and, and all these games are one goal games except for last night. So you get a little bit of offensive production in the last three weeks from your core players that you expect to have offensive contributions that we saw in January. Like, that's, that's, that's where it starts and ends, really. Um, on top of the fact, again, your your defense doesn't look the same. Um, you just when you when you don't have Grizzly and Lindholm in there, um, and especially Lindholm, it, it doesn't look the same. So I, I'm gonna wait until uh, everything you know let the dust settle a little bit here before we start attacking uh, the way the room is being dealt with. Yeah, I don't I don't think we've seen any hints that there's really anything underlying going on. I mean, we we go and we talk to the guys and. The, the attitude doesn't really seem to have shifted too much over the past, what, through the the winning and the losing. Like you don't really notice people getting super pouty or anything like that. I don't think that's the issue. Um, I I feel like maybe she was more asking about the buy-in. Like are are they actually buying all the way into the way that Montgomery wants them to play right now? Um, and that's why you're not seeing the results. Um, and not seeing the you know the the net front defense that you want or the transition defense that you want. Like. Maybe there's just a lack of buy-in at the highest level to some of those fundamental things defensively that bit them uh, against the Islanders. Yeah, and we mentioned, you know, offensive guys going quiet. The, the team defense, raises your, your right to highlight that. I think it's now 11 straight games yep. they've allowed three or more goals. It is. Which we haven't seen a stretch like that in, in years, in a long time around here. Uh, not since the pre-Bruce Cassidy era, honestly. So, Hampus Lindholm being out, obviously, is a factor there, and I think you're you're right to point out that, you know, maybe people should have a little bit more of an appreciation for Hampus Lindholm, who, even though offensively he wasn't producing the way he was last year, defensively was still really solid, and the Bruins were just about doubling up opponents and goals when he was on the ice at 5-on-5. This season, he had one of the best five-on-five goal differentials of any defenseman in the NHL. Like, that that matters. That makes a huge difference. Uh, but I can't I can't let them off the hook and just chalk it up to, well, they're missing Hampus Lindholm. Because some of these breakdowns, some of the just leaving guys open at the net front, poor back checks, poor transition defense, where – Guys are finding soft spots uh, on uh, certainly on odd man rushes, but even on like three on three rushes. Guys are there was a chance last night, and it wasn't even one of their goals where the Bruins had four guys back, and I forget who the Islanders player was, still found an open spot in the slot and was like all by himself. And it was just like, how is stuff like that happening? Uh, I also think, even though last night wasn't on Allmark, I don't think goaltending's been especially great recently. Uh, Allmark's lost five straight starts, whether regulation or overtime. I think has like an 875 save percentage. So feels like, you know, what was supposed to be the strength of the team 
and was the strength of the team at times early this season, it has really hit a tough stretch here. Has to be better. Certainly has to be better. I I think, you know, again, he it you just bent you rattled off the Lindholm stuff. So so you have to what? So they they're up to six games without Lindholm, right? Yeah. Like they did a tough road trip without him. So Again, that starts to add up. It, it really does. When you when you have a guy out, you can manage for one or two games that you don't really look at the stats or the numbers. But after six games, you can start finding patterns and, and you f- start finding a little bit more in that. Um, again, I know I, I I get it. Derek Forbert isn't Bobby Orr. I get it, everybody. I really do. But not having him in the lineup a couple days and realistically even last night because of just the way – he gets put back, you know, he's going to take a little bit of time to get back going again. He's just a big body. So not having him and Lindholm for basically six games is going to hurt your defensive metrics. It just like, there's no getting around that. It will. I think we're also seeing a little bit of the Patrice Bergeron factor creep in. Um, when now that things are getting a little tougher, um, that center position is has been so key the David Krejci even for that matter at this time of year everything gets a little tougher a little bit smaller out on the ice a little bit faster a little bit harder to play and you don't have those two experienced guys up the middle that were able to snuff plays out you know even if it's one a period each of them right that that adds up as well so I I I know you know there's no point of going there because 37's not coming it back through that door, folks. But he's, he, I think we'll start missing that a little bit. And you're starting to see that a little bit where he he had the ability to recognize when things weren't going great, to have that great defensive game that he just decided to play defense and, and, and not allow anyone to do anything. And they would have that 2 nothing win or that 3-1 win where he was just fantastic on the backside of hockey. And that might not be there right now, and so that, especially when Coyle and Zach are struggling offensively. That confidence to play defense isn't there as well. I was going to say, so then who does that leave to to have to step up and do something like that? And I feel like Charlie Coyle is the is the obvious answer, just because his defensive style is, uh, you know, he's he's great defensively and on the PK five on five. Um, but we haven't seen that same level of confidence in in his game recently that uh, Bergeron would have really in the face of, of any adversity. It's, it, it's kind of at the point guys where it's what, what's it going to take to get them back on track, right? It's not just going to be one person. And, and it's, if we talk about Bergeron not being there, well, what's Marshawn's role in, in turning things around because now he's the one that people are looking to. Um, and he's the one who has to speak to the players after games like that or in, in between periods and, in a game like that where you come out so flat in the first and and he did give a message a message about how the emotional like there was no emotion in that game um and that's one of those things it's it's you know can you teach people that like you kind of just have to feel the moment and and I guess that's more of a question for Razor like on a game on a night where the emotion isn't there for a majority of the team like what does that come down to like what What's the difference between being able to like lift yourself up for a game like that, especially when you're trying to pile wins back onto uh, like onto each other and get back on track? How come there's sometimes you just you don't see that emotion? Um, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you don't really feel that good 
on days and you, like you're illness, really tired or fatigue. your kids are all sick and you have to grind and get to work in the morning. It's 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 just human nature. And I, listen, you can't overstate, I think, kind of where you're at in the season with, listen, the Islanders have to win that game. Absolutely playoff game. They wake up Saturday morning in their embeds. They get to the rink. They have to win. They have no chance not to win this game and stay pat with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're five, six points out of a playoff spot. So they're the the most desperate team in the league. So you have that. Um, You have trade deadline. You guys are getting asked. And and this is maybe the first time in a while where it's important players being asked questions like Jake DeBrusque. So you have that kind of lingering around this team right now. There literally is millions of kids that are sick right now in Boston. I would assume there's some of that going around the room um, on a certain level. So you have all of these things go to why you don't have energy. It really, it's just, it's pretty simple. It's just literally life things. Like you wake up and some days you're in the NHL, but you don't really feel like playing a hockey game. I think it's, it's also interesting too, that like when you were listing off the, the top teams, like Dallas, Colorado, Boston, and how they're, they're not playing their best hockey right now. That's because they're getting everyone that's desperate's best hockey right now. Like, so there are teams with much more desperation, Uh um, which obviously you'd like to see the Bruins play with that kind of desperation too. But in the reality, they're not playing for their season today when other teams are yeah. um, because they're playing to to convince their GMs to buy and not sell or that they can get back in the race and, and make that final push to be a playoff team or in a wild card spot. Um, so they're playing much more desperate hockey than Boston and some of those other top teams. And I'm sure that mentally that factors into the kind of effort that they're going to bring. And you have to be able to match it, even though you're not in that same spot. Yeah, I think that's something the Bruins have struggled with for a while. Like they, they do seem to have a, a bit of a habit of playing down to competition, up to competition. But they've also had some really bad periods against teams like themselves that are firmly in the playoffs. You know, whether it's been the third period or on Thursday against Vegas, it was the second period where you have a three nothing lead and you just completely open the door for Vegas to get back in it. Uh so maybe none of their 60-minute stinkers have come against other playoff teams, but they've had plenty of bad stretches in those games too. And, you know, on the energy part, it I can hear my mind immediately goes to, and I can hear fans saying, well, then you got to go out and get another energy guy. Like, what? who are the guys in this lineup that can create something on a shift-to-shift basis uh, to try to get the team going when they're quiet? And, you know, Brad Marchand has always been a drag his teammates into the fight guy. You can't do it every night, though. And, you know, he, you have to you have to figure out how to get him scoring again. Never mind, you know, him worrying about getting up to some of his old antics to, you know, ratchet up the emotion or whatever. So someone else does have to be able to bring that. And, I mean, we heard Jacob Lauko talk about that this week. He said the coaches told him. You know, they want more energy and intensity from him. I think we've seen that at, at times from him since he got back into the lineup. Maybe still not quite consistently. So, for me, it sort of comes back to there's just – there's all these these things that this team needs that they're not going to be able to address all of it before Friday at the trade deadline. So, you're going to have to pick and choose, you know, if, if any – like, if you do anything, you're going to have to figure out exactly what it what it is you're 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 looking for. Uh 
you know, both Cam Neely and Don Sweeney spoke this past week, and I know we're gonna play Sweeney's audio from from Nesson at some point. Um, but they both highlighted snarl, phys- physicality as as an area to target, and I think you know when you get that unified message from your general manager and president pretty clear indication of what they're thinking they, they don't think there's enough of that in in this room on this roster right now it's it's hard to to put energy on just one guy right or two guys it, it really is uh, uh an entire team thing um and and sure you could bring someone in that might help that i think getting through the deadline is going to help that just period and and that's why you always see teams that make moves and deals like the Bruins last year, you get a bump from that. You get energy. You get excited for the playoff run finally coming, and now you have your actual team when you get there in the morning. On Saturday morning, you're going to sit there and say, all right, fellas, this is us. That's going to happen. That meeting's going to happen. That we're, this, we're, we're the team now. This is all of us. It's on us now. Let's get going. Let's crank, and let's focus on the playoffs. Remember Brad Marchand last season? Every He had one goal in 20 games. Over the end yeah. of January through February, or through end of February through March, and then into April, that one and, and technically it was like two goals in in the last twenty five games, um, and then he played really well in the playoffs. So Brad's an older guy, um, might be in a little bit of perseverance mode or a little bit of let's let's get through this stretch. I know how hard it is. I know what's coming before us. I I still know what we have to do and. Um, so, so again, you can – some of these guys can unscore right now and, and you don't have to completely hit the panic button. Of course, last year it didn't matter because they won every single game. It was like – you just look at this game log. It's just bananas last season through February and March and April. But um, it's it, it, it has happened to Brad, it, it, and, and, he, and he, he deserves the benefit of the doubt to find his way through it, I suppose. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, we got got another break here. Sunday skate, Scott McLaughlin, Andrew Razor Raycroft, Bridget Prue. We're talking deadline. We're talking what the Bruins need. How much are they worth investing in? You can call in with your thoughts. 617-779-7937. Text us 37937. There are some texts that we'll get to. Uh, <laughs> some of these are great. Yeah, we'll get to those uh, coming up after this break. This is Sunday Skate with Scott McLaughlin, Andrew Razor Raycroft, and Bridget Prue on WEI. A two-part question here. Biggest area of need, in your opinion, for this team, and Donnie, has this recent little bit of a tough stretch changed anything in your estimation as you watch your team play? No, I don't think it's changed anything. We've always, you know, put forth that we want to be a highly competitive team. Um, you know, there's a there's a physical part of the game that I think we're lacking at, at times. Um, I think when we get dragged in or drag ourselves in, we respond appropriately with our, throughout our lineup. But you know, can we start that and and, uh, and survive through that? Is an area that you know Cam referenced the other day, and uh, that maybe we'd like to try and address. Not easy um, this time of the year. It's always difficult, uh, but it's something we'd like to do to find some areas that uh, areas of need, as you as as I, as I referenced that. Uh, We've we've tried to, to, to use our depth uh, throughout the organization, and, and a lot of guys have done a tremendous job in that regard. But uh, we may have to look to the outside if it's possible. All right, that was Bruins general manager Don Sweeney on Nesson pregame on Thursday. Raises buddy Billy Jaffe making an appearance here. 
Uh, but this isn't morning brew, but it's that's not right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've been talking about that about what the Bruins need to do, even can do before Friday's deadline. And we have some texts here, and Bridge, I know there's a couple you want to pick out, but I'm telling you, <laughs> people are like. At least the ones texting me, really are, down. People who were tweeting at me last night, like, the the sky is legitimately falling for some Bruins fans just, right now. I want to know, are you guys okay? Are you guys who texted in okay? Um, because the most recent one is the one that's most concerning to me. Uh, but I'm going to get to that one last because these other ones set this up. So uh, this one came in about a half hour ago. Sell, sell, sell now. Rebuild starts now. Um, and then the the one right before that was... I'm out on the bees. They are dog poo. Uh, I had to censor that. Uh, didn't even blink, and it was 2 nothing against the Islanders. They aren't going to win anything. Time to blow it up. And then the most recent one that's my new favorite is all, all excuses for Marshawn. He needs to go. <laughs> so Marshawn, Marshawn's out, okay, guys? That's the fix that we've all been waiting for. No more Marshawn solves everything, right, Razor? Yep. <laughs> is it, oh, yeah. Is it, yeah. is it sports so, gambling that has done this to people? Like, is it, like, so personal to everyone that because of that, because they, they put their five bucks? Like, it, 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 it has gotten more personal. Is it fair to say that? Or yeah, because is it just if you're the, gambling on a certain player and they don't they don't score that game, it's like, they oh, what the They lost you 10 heck, bucks, pasta? directly went to you and took $10 out of your wallet. <laughs> like, that, that is, I think there's some of it that... I think obviously the forms that we all have to to voice our opinions are, are so much readily at our disposal. Um, but again, I think you hear Don and you hear guys that have to run the teams out, you know, not on Twitter or, or not on not on DraftKings, and it's it's a different vibe. And the other thing too. Yeah, and, and this is why Boston sports is amazing, and this is why Boston sports fans are the best on the planet is because they're so laser-focused on their own teams. They have no idea what's going on around the league a lot of the times or what other what, what else is happening, and it's a great thing, but you hear it with all of the four major teams that are here, the, the amount of perspective – that's actually like compared to like, do they know what selling actually means? Have they watched the Arizona Coyotes for do you yeah. have they watched the San Jose Sharks hockey game this Blow season? It up tends to mean okay, next ten years may not be very fun yeah. to watch that hot like TD Garden's not gonna sell out. The no, way, if you're blowing uh, the it Anaheim dot like go go watch what's going on in Chicago right now. So I, and I get it, I, that's not necessary for Bruins fans to do, but that's that's where and you're gonna I, get some. Bruins fans like, oh yeah, but we could get Bedard then. Like we could get yeah, a Bedard. Bedard's like that awesome. would be yeah. fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're gonna start slacking for Macklin in uh in <laughs> March. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, what? Yeah. I you know what, good, Scott, good you you would probably be for that just because of your own yeah, BU, BU uh, absolutely. yeah, he's like he's like, <laughs> I don't want to blow it up unless it's for Macklin. Yeah. Um no, but but I also think one another thing that's happened though with Boston fans and especially with Bruins fans is I think we've like collectively completely lost sight of the idea that in hockey, especially, if you get in, you have a chance. Yes, like we, thank we you. see this every year. We see team goalie gets hot, or they stay healthy, and their opponent has an injury. Like it, it happens every year where the team that you know looks the best doesn't win a series. 
team that was struggling going into the playoffs or looks incomplete goes on a run. So that's like beyond just where they are in the standings and the fact that they're going to make the playoffs. That's why like you, you don't sell. Like at the very least, you you stand pat or you do sort of the shake up or retool on the fly where maybe you sell off a couple pieces, but then you're using those assets to bring in someone else. You're filling those spots. You're not just accumulating assets for the draft or whatever. Like you're not doing that because imagine if, if you did that, say, you know, all right, you trade away Lena Solmark for draft pick and a prospect. You get a second round pick for Jake DeBrusque, a fourth for Derek Forbert. Okay, and then you just fill those with young kids you call up. Jeremy Swinton gets hot in the first round, you win a round. Second round comes down to depth, and now you don't have any. Like that that's why you can't do that. That's so, a great scenario. I haven't yeah. I haven't I haven't mapped that scenario out. Can you imagine the text line then? <laughs> What that would look like if, if they didn't have enough players because they traded them all for draft picks, but they were in the second round against the Florida Panthers again. That would be... Yeah, and, uh, it's, and it's Fabian Lysel and the, playing in your middle six. And they and, lose in game seven in the second round. Why, dude, if we had a had Forbert, we would have won that series. <laughs> oh, it's a great the, scenario, the, too. The, the text line is already That's my favorite scenario. <laughs> yeah, I'm using that one. I'm stealing that one for you. That's my favorite well, one. The, this, I didn't think of that. This texter has a great idea on how you could get back some assets and that is trade brad marchand so <laughs> but he could bring back a lot uh yeah so uh, oh man so we got get some other guys some other texts here uh pick up who's nets off cheap on waivers yeah i don't think that's <laughs> happening. first of all not cheap you have to take on his entire cap here. yeah 7.8 million, million or whatever but yeah i think uh, i think everyone's staying far away from evgeny kuznetsov uh but yeah so you know look I, i'm fine if if the Bruins, you know, do end up moving a DeBrusque, Forbert, Grizzly, even Alinas Allmark, if you're reinvesting that into the team and using it to fill other areas or potentially, you know, now combine assets to add, upgrade, whatever, like, that I'm totally okay with. Or even if it's just moving out pending free agents, bringing someone back with term, like, that I would be okay with, but the number of people I've seen and on Twitter last night and now these techs who are legitimately just throwing in the towel in the season and, like, ready to to sell and, and recoup assets for next year is, like, I, I just can't believe people think that way. Like, even as negative as, as I am on this team right now, and, yeah, if the playoffs started right now, today, I'd probably pick them to lose in the first round, but... That doesn't mean they can't go on a run. Like that, we we just have seen too many examples of this of teams that you know look flawed, don't have all the pieces, but a goalie gets hot, and like that's all it takes. It, it's wild to just punt on that. And they have goalies that could easily do that. Yeah, yeah. and they, it just happened a year. It just happened ten months ago at this point now to the to the best team that was your team in the NHL history getting like it's just literally it's so recent that it you can't even discuss. Like you can't uh, get away from the 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 recent spicy because it literally happened to you ten months ago. Uh, someone, no one at this time last season thought the Florida Panthers would go to the finals. Nobody, no. not in a million years. They said Bobrovsky stinks, Alex Lyons stinks, 
Their team's flawed. They won't even get in the playoffs. Da 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 da. And and they went on the run. So yeah, yeah they, it's, they backed it, into the playoffs. It literally has happened every single year for six years in the National Hockey. It happens every year, no question. It'll happen this year too. You can absolutely guarantee it. Yeah, St. Louis had to battle just to That's get it. in. That that wasn't a complete, you know, loaded roster top to bottom. Jo- you know, the the magic was going to wear off for Jordan Bennington at some point, and really didn't like. I've seen the Kings win a Stanley Cup as an eight seed. It's just get in, like just just give yourself a chance. And the Bruins are gonna be in. Like, yeah. them, it would have to take an all time collapse no. for them to miss. No, 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 no. We can't do that. No, no, no. We can't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> just, like, no, they're in. Yes, they are in. You're they're, just they're, inviting good, those please. calls. Eighteen points. Someone will call in and say they could miss the playoffs. No, please. Yeah, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to catch another break here. Hour two of Sunday Skate coming up. We're with you till 11 a.m. Andrew Razor Raycroft, Bridget Prue. I'm Scott McLaughlin. Call in 617-779-7937. We'll be back right after this. This is Sunday Skate with Scott McLaughlin, Andrew Razor Raycroft, and Bridget Prue on WEI. Tonight, there seemed to be a, a, not a lot of pushback on the, on the guys, and they got clean rebounds. What was the problem there? You know, we just weren't good enough and weren't firm enough. Uh, didn't start the game on time, so you know, it's one of those games where, um, for whatever reason, we weren't very good. And we got to move on to Toronto now and get ready for a team that's playing really well. That is Bruins coach Jim Montgomery post-game Saturday night after a 5-1 loss to the Islanders. Bruins are down 5-0 halfway through the game. Just just never in it. Uh, but we're, we're talking about that. We're talking about trade deadline, which is coming up on Friday afternoon. I'm Scott McLaughlin with Andrew Razor Raycroft and Bridget Peru on Sunday skate, taking up to 11 a.m. So... Guys, this keeps happening where the Bruins just have a a bad period at some point. And on Saturday, it's the first first period puts them in a hole. And they don't respond, which is a problem in and of itself. But to get down like that in the first place after it seemed like they finally had some momentum going from Thursday with a regulation win over Vegas, over Bruce Cassidy, the defending Stanley Cup champs, I know they were shorthanded. They didn't have Jack Eichel or Mark Stone. But still, that's it's a pretty big win that they should build off. How do like how do they come out flat on Saturday? How how does that happen? This team just can't they can't seem to string together good periods, good games right now. Razor, you've referenced just kind of like the doldrums of of midseason of February into early March. Is it just that or is there a bigger problem? Because I remain a little bit concerned about bigger picture that this team might I know that we're not there yet, but like they might run out of time on on how to how to get this together. Yeah, it's it, it, listen, let's get through the deadline for stuff like that, right? I think I think it's pretty evident that each game is its own entity right now. It really is. There's no and and that that's another you could if you wanted to be positive, really positive, you could make an argument that doesn't happen in the playoffs either. But right now it's really 
game, next game, next game for this group because and and every group because again it just is so dependent on who you're playing as well and who's in your lineup. You're seeing so much. This is the time of year too that they everybody kind of holds their guy out just lit. Well, he could play, but he could play, but he's not, etc. So you have a little bit of that. But again, it just comes down to um needing to needing to to be up against a team that could desperately need to be in the playoffs, might be fighting for first place. And and you have so much of that right now because teams are trying not to be sellers. Players do not want to be on a selling team because they know how downhill it goes as soon as that deadline's over with. And I think that's really what they're up against right now is that that selling mentality of some of these teams like the Islanders who want to stay in it. And that's why that mo- the the momentum isn't carrying from one team to the next or one game to the next. Yeah, they're they're gonna have to to find a find a different way to play against Toronto though. The funny thing to me is they play Toronto twice this week. They they play on the road um, on the fourth, which is Monday, and then they play them again the seventh. And the funny thing to me is those could either the Bruins or Toronto could have a completely different roster. Like, cause if you if the trade deadline is the day after, right? So theoretically, at some point this week, in between those two games, there could be a a move that changes even just the Monday game from the Thursday game uh, in what, what the roster looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And and I wonder, because we, we heard from the Bruins when the Panthers were closing the gap and have now passed them for first place in the division. A bunch of Bruins players were asked about that, and the mindset was kind of, we're not looking at the standings right now. We're just worried about ourselves. But I do wonder, is is there a point here coming up soon where you start to look at the standings and maybe use that as some sort of motivation, something to get you going? Because this week, these two games against Toronto could be a good opportunity for that. Toronto is only six points behind you, and they have two games in hand. So the possibility is there for the Leafs to catch and pass the Bruins too, especially if they were to sweep these two head-to-head games this week. So should should the Bruins be trying to – Look for some added motivation from the standings. Should they maybe pay attention to that a little bit? No, they're not going to look at it from the standings point of view. Listen, they always get up for Toronto. They beat Toronto twice this season already. So Toronto owes them in a big way. Listen, you go up to Toronto and everyone is so scared of the Bruins. There is the biggest, oh my God, the Boston Bruins are in town than you've ever heard of. This isn't like you, this is, it kind of goes to that perspective thing. And, and and Bruins fans laser focused on the Bruins. Listen, I guarantee you people in Toronto, which I'm going to go, I literally get texts every 15 minutes about going on the radio Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. They are so scared of losing both of these games to the Boston Bruins and falling out of the playoffs altogether, right? Like that's literally what's happening on a radio in Toronto right now. Hey, They're how saying, often are you on Toronto radio? <laughs> They, 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 it's, they're, they're, are you cheating on us? They are relentless. They are <laughs> relentless. Um, and it's certainly, I don't give them my best. Don't worry. Um, it, it's, it, so that, like, they are, they're petrified of the Boston Bruins up there. Back to the Bruins. They will get something out of this. They're not, they're not going to say we need these two points because we need to stay in second place or third place. They're going to say we need to have an effort against this Leafs team because, one, they can blow us out the building with their offense, but, two, we own them and we need to continue to own them and and play solid defensively and, and let them make mistakes so we can beat them at those mistakes. So 
It, it is a good – it'll be a good week to get their attention. There's there's no doubt that you are going to get a good effort from the Bruins on Monday night. I, you're not going to get a blowout 5-1 and three goals in the first period. That's just not – that. their attention will be up a lot more than what it was Saturday night. I have no doubt in that. It is a tough week. You, you've got Edmonton in between that. Edmonton's very similar to Toronto in that – if you play good defense, you're going to get opportunities. You're going to get the chances to win. So you get those guys back-to-back, again, where you talk about momentum. If they win Monday night, it's really hard to get that going and crank that up with Edmonton sitting there watching and waiting on Tuesday. So that's that's a good example, too, of how hard it is to keep momentum going because of the way the schedule is. But you're, I, I, I feel like you are going to get a great effort from them, Toronto. You might not win... But you're going to get a solid attention, focused antenna up because it's Toronto and because you're in Toronto on a Monday night. Yeah, they, you should. Like, I, I'm, I'll tell you right now. Like, I'm going to be a lot more concerned next week coming in if we get a couple more no shows with the schedule they have coming up. Because, yeah, the the back to back is going to be tough. Like, that's you wish the back to back was Wednesday, Thursday, two home games where you're not going out to Toronto and then coming back for Tuesday night against Edmonton. But it is what it is. Every, every team has scheduling quirks. Um, yeah, it, it is funny though. Like when you talk about other markets who, and people around the country where the concern levels, like someone, they still look at the Bruins as, you know, as a really good team. And, um, you know, like with Edmonton coming up, I was, I was on Edmonton radio when they were out there. You one were on Edmonton shows. Radio? I sure was. Am I the only one not cheating on this show? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you do college hockey. So I do. That's true. <laughs> you just got a lot of college I have, hockey. I have four jobs, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of it's college. PWHL, yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Um, But yeah, like they were they were asking about DeBrusque, and it's like, I know he, he's in like a little bit of a slump again, but, you know, I'm sure he'll be fine. And it's like, oh, boy, like Bruins fans don't don't seem to think that. Like they don't think he's just going to be fine. You know, they're they're all panicked. They want to sell, like get rid of him. Um. But that does – so we've talked about, you know, potential players they could move, listen to. To me, Jake DeBrusque remains the most inter- – the goalie talk is is one thing. I think we all agree it's pretty unlikely unless they get blown away. The DeBrusque talk to me is is more real. Like, that's one where you really do legitimately have to make a decision on are you signing him? Is he part of your longer-term future? Or is it time to cut bait? Is it time to get something for him? And, again, my approach would be turn around, use those assets to get another forward, ideally someone more consistent, more of a top, sure-fire top-six winger, um, not trade him away and then do nothing else. But what do you think, when we come in next Sunday, is Jake DeBrus still a Bruin? Oi. Yeah, because next next show is post trade deadline. Yeah. Yes, thank goodness. We will, we will know what their we will know their, their awesome. team looks like for the stretch run in the playoffs, and we won't have to talk about. We'll talk about real life <laughs> rather than scenarios. In this one, this is a tough scenario for me. This is a really tough scenario for me. Um, I I don't. I wish I'd seen. Before I have to answer this, I wish I had seen more deals with these guys. Like, I wish I knew what Gensel went for. Uh, I wish I knew what Tarasenko went for. Like, because I, I put Jake in, in with those guys. Because, and, and maybe not quite far 
as high up as a Gensel, but but pretty similar because you just said it. Like the perception around the league is a little bit different than it is here with Jake DeBrus. He's a 25 goal scorer, pretty consistently. 20 goals, you can basically lock him in for that, no matter how much he cools down. Um, there there's a lot of thought that if he had that that change of location will will sprout him to 35 goals, 30 goals. Um. And so I, I'm curious what the value is elsewhere, and, and does that value fit? And and uh, will he come back? Right, like it also becomes into that. You know, do the Bruins actually believe that they could get him back, even if he does become an unrestricted free agent? Does he like it enough here? Does can they can they find a way to put it together even after the season, a la uh, Forsberg in in Nashville? Um, so. I feel like that's there's of all the players that are on the roster. I feel like that he's probably the greatest possibility of going, but I'm not. I wouldn't guarantee it because I think that he still provides his team with value in certain ways, and we've seen that the last couple of years when there was issues going on, the Bruins still felt and believed highly in him. Yeah, I, I've I've made this point too. Like when he was playing with an elite center and Patrice Bergeron, there was an 82 game stretch from the end of like the second half of the 21-22 season through much of last season where he scored at a 40 goal pace correct over 82 games so like that's in there and i could easily see we mentioned edmonton you know hometown team looking for a top 6 upgrade like what does jake debrus do if you put him on a line with Connor mcdavid or leon dreisaitl is he a 40 goal scorer he's probably at least a 30 goal scorer mm-hmm. type player so yeah it is interesting like i could see something like that um I don't know. Bridget, what do you think? Do you think DeBrus is here? I, I actually had a question. I That's tough. And I am not a gambler, by the way, and I am not a psychic. But uh, I personally think that they already are lacking offensively to the point where they can't afford to lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just where I stand on that. And I, I know we're like about to hit a break right now, but I do have a question on the other side for Razor about um, one of the factors of trading Linus Allmark instead of Jake DeBrusque um, as the big move. And, yeah, there's there's something I was thinking about between the last time we talked Razor and, I guess, over the past few games where they haven't looked so great and into now that changed my mind a little bit about what whether or not they should trade a goalie. Oh, okay. Um, so I want to ask Razor something on the other side. All right, yeah, I have some thoughts on Allmark, too. So, yeah, we will definitely get to that. You can call in with your thoughts, whether it's DeBrusque, Allmark, something else. 617-779-7937. Andrew Raycroft did not use Dunsky. No, he didn't. Last night on Nesson. You know, and I know I know Razor listens. He's a he's a hardcore P1. He like he took uh, you know, he was really happy when uh Samoa Joe was undressing me and you know, putting me in my place. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Did a good job of it. And he he took a victory lap. Okay. Razor. Dunsky. Yeah, there you go. Razor. I don't know. I used to love Razor, but he made a promise that he wasn't willing to keep. And maybe because the Bruins lost. He didn't do it. I should start asking Jaffe to do it. Oh, he's that's got, a, he's got a set. Not, no, he's got a, a set. You'll get he's shot. tougher. He's tougher than Razor. You'll get shot down. Razor's a big baby. You'll you'll get you'll get shot down by Jaffe. I don't think so. <laughs> Razor just just getting dragged by by Fourier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. You, you know, 
until I went on actually on and spoke of them, he wasn't quite as contentious. But yes, I didn't he say. He gets Dunsky really offended and... when you don't say Dunsky, and he tells you. To well, say no, Dunsky. I mean, like I said to him, I said, "Tell me what I was wearing on the set." And I will actually take you seriously because I know you didn't watch a second of that entire pregame, postgame, <laughs> or the game, and I know you haven't done so all season long. So you can't get after me too much here for you. So. Yeah, that, that was he had whoever was the night producer yeah. here, whoever's on overnights. He, he just had him tuning yeah, in, and he admitted it. He yeah. didn't know. He's like, oh, it was a nice time. Like I didn't have a tie. Just, on. Say, nice it, try. just say it right now, and we'll just. Clip it. Yeah, we'll clip it. We'll we'll say, hey, look, he said Dunsky. it. Dunsky, yes, Dunsky, Dunsky, Dunsky. Clip it. Do, do you remember the, the the origin of Dunsky? Do you remember when that yeah, started? Yeah, the Chara thing. Yeah, <laughs> was, which was like his, he's Dunsky. The, he was the, the insider, in the right? Stanley Cup final, broken jaw. Dunsky. He's not playing the rest of the series. Oh, he's, so great. And he's in the next game. Oh, that <laughs> he's was, like he's like I have an I inside get, source. Get, I know the dentist. Like, or yeah, <laughs> like that. yeah. He's he not literally, playing. and he was being serious. He, he literally <laughs> thought he had the inside line on it. Amazing. Well, I mean, in fairness, you would think a broken jaw for most guys is, is going to be Dunsky, but it's a Daniel Chara and not most guys. No. All right. We're back with Sunday Skate. I had to I had to ask for that because uh, I was here when he said that, and he, and he said, Razor's a big baby. I said, Nick, can you please save that off for me? <laughs> <laughs> big baby. <laughs> silliest thing in the world. Yep. He also said uh, uh, at a different point that I, I didn't keep that in this cut, but that uh, you can't trust Canadian uh, goaltenders, <laughs> which I don't know where that comes from. But yeah. uh, very so specifically Canadian yes, goalies. Yeah, well, yeah, goalies, just uh, like the whole specific Canadian goalie it, thing yeah, is yeah, interesting. Goes, oh, can you trust Canadian defensemen? He goes, yeah. <laughs> Follow up. How many Canadian defensemen does? Yeah, does zero. Yeah, zero. He's never doesn't even know where Canada is. He's gonna be really mad when he hears this on Monday. Yeah, perfect, <laughs> perfect. All right, he deserves it. But before break, you said you you had a I question do. involving uh, Lena Salmar. I do. So my so I and I'm kind of mad at myself a little bit because um, I've qu- I'm questioning my original take on whether or not I think they should trade Lena Salmark. Because I have always been in the camp of, no, don't do it. Um, keep both goalies. You never know who's going to be healthy. You need the rotation. All of a sudden, they're not playing their best hockey right now. And we're still not sure whether or not they're willing to go to a rotation in the playoffs. And if you're not willing to go, and you're going to choose one or the other, then one of them's not going to help you in the playoffs. Like You're not, you're not getting the same value as you do in the regular season to have to if you're if you're of the mindset like and razor you've talked about it before that you think it should be more of a a one guy not a not an even split situation well if that's the case and they already know that then they should be willing to trade Allmark for someone that can be an everyday player in the playoffs for them and that's where my brain has gone this week I still I would be uncomfortable with just Swayman I, I I like the depth of the position because if you get hurt at goalie, your season's over if you don't have one of the like one of the other ones backing it up. And I understand that. But that's also a big if. Um that that they have the luxury right now, if they don't trade him, of not having to worry about completely. But at the same time, if if one of your goalies isn't gonna be getting a lot of ice time, why don't you consider trading for a bigger piece on offense that can that can play every game, that can help you every game. Um and I would completely not have this opinion if I thought they were willing to to rotate them in the playoffs. I don't think they are. So, and at that point, my mind goes to, all right, then you might be able to get more value 
specifically for a playoff run, if you move him and you get an offensive piece instead. So the issue, the, all of that would be great, but you're not getting an offensive piece for him. That's yeah, the well, issue. That, 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 that's, that's the problem. Exactly. So like you, if you, you look were at, able to, to take Hallmark, a draft pick, whatever, what, and parlay that into a deal for a second-line winger, or or even center slash winger like someone that can be versatile and play either. That's something I'd be interested in them doing because I think that that could boost what they need right now. And like I said, I I like both goalies. I'm someone who's not super like not a whole lot of a risk taker, I guess you could say. And I think that's a big risk to like risk the health at that position on just one player potentially going down instead of having two. But at the same time. This that's just come into my mind over the past few days is do you really need both if if Swayman's healthy, if you trust him, right? Like if you already know you trust him for a playoff series and that you trust him with a whole playoff series, um, like if you would trust him with a whole playoff series, well, maybe let, it is time to move on, Mark. Let me throw in an idea here because this is something that is just rattling around in my brain, but I think could make sense where you do get an offensive piece. The New Jersey Devils, by all accounts, are looking for a goalie. There's been reports that they keep circling back to Jacob Markstrom in Calgary, but the latest reports there, the Flames are probably going to keep him. He's under contract for a couple more years. Let's say it's Linus Allmark to the Devils, who are looking for a goalie not just for this year, but for next year as well, right? Because they want to retool quickly. They want to be a contender next year. So Allmark to the Devils. Tyler Toffoli is a pending free agent in New Jersey. New Jersey, right now, outside the playoffs looking in. Is there a hockey trade built around those two that can make sense? Salary-wise, it's Allmark $5 million, Toffoli 4.25. That works. That's fine. Tyler Toffoli has 26 goals this season. That would certainly be an offensive upgrade for the Bruins. He has playoff experience. I believe there's been reports that you know New Jersey is – Talking to him, want is interested in extension, but obviously nothing's happened yet. So no inside info from me on this, but this is just something I was thinking about of the kind of trade that might make some some sense for both parties. Well, I th- I think that w- I think it would. I don't think New Jersey's doing that. I, I don't think I I don't think goalies have that much value. I, I don't I don't think Toffoli would have went even for Markstrom with two years of term on his deal. Um, I don't think you want to make that deal in conference if you're the Bruins. Um, and and you you still need a backup goalie, right? Like, you still need to go find somewhere else a backup goalie that's a million or up, two million. You don't think they can call no, Bussy or No, no. Bussy and – no, you can't – no. Not, not, again, don't forget this team isn't, like, eighth place in the conference. This team is, like – I know, but we, we – You can't just have a guy – you can't You can't just put me on the bench as well, a backup goalie, right? Why like, not? Because it, it, would, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> you don't want to? I, I, I mean, I, I get that you would be in trouble in the playoffs if, if something yeah. happened to Swayman, but for – six to seven more starts or whatever you need down the stretch from a number two goalie. And I mean, well, it's easy for us. Again, this is this. We have to be careful, right? Let's think about actually being in that chair, making that decision and having a whole organization underneath you and just doing that. Right. Like that's why that doesn't happen. You, Cause you, you, you can't, you can't do that. If you're, if you're in charge of a billion dollar business, you can't you mean, just you be can't like, just bring up bussy and, 
hope for the best. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no. I, I don't I don't see how that But like if he is limited though, like if he does only need to take, say, thirty three like a third of the starts and Swayman still takes two thirds, like are you concerned with him doing that? Like can he handle that? And then obviously playoffs would be entirely on Swayman. No, I'm just I'm I'm just saying you just you can't like the they they again it goes back if if they were the Arizona Coyotes that would be one thing but they're literally it's it's the Boston Bruins and they're in second place in the National Hockey League so in points so I'm saying too you big can't of a risk. way too big of a risk and just for just for a, to to do it now again if it, it's a it the reason why none of these goalies are getting moved because they're summer deals and none of the teams want to do it either Calgary doesn't even want to move their starting goalie right now. In, in being afraid of what will happen to the team the rest of the way, let alone, and they're not even in the playoffs and probably won't make the playoffs. That's why Markstrom's not going there because they're not getting the value back from New Jersey. It's it's not the other way around, right? So that's, I think it's They don't it's just, have the same kind of redundancy at the position that Boston does. What do you mean? Like when, when you have Swayman, like when you have a 1A, 1B the way that Olmark and Swayman are, like that's why that's why it keeps coming up. It's because there's not a lot of redundancy in the roster where you're like, okay, well, if we get rid of this guy, we still have that guy. Except for at goalie, like at goalie, you do have two guys that can go and that you trust. So other teams don't. Yeah, and, and if you're if you are still trying to to go for it this year, if you think this team needs upgrades, like it is the one spot where you free up five million dollars that allows you to go upgrade somewhere else where it's not. You know, because otherwise it's, okay, you're going to trade a defenseman or two, bring in another defenseman that you hope is a big enough upgrade. Trade DeBrusque, bring in another forward winger that you hope is a big enough upgrade. Moving Allmark allows you to actually add without subtracting from another area of the roster. And, you know, I I, I get it. You want to have someone you trust and feel comfortable with, comfortable with as your number two goalie, but... It, it's like a you, luxury versus. It is. It, it's it's a luxury, and you're a team that right now is so up against the cap that you can't really afford too many luxuries. So, you know, I look. I'm I'm still I'm not giving away Linus Allmark, but if I can get something that allows me to meaningfully upgrade elsewhere, which I think like a Tyler Toffoli would, or you know, there could be another deal like that, or two deals together. Or whatever it is, um, I think you have to at least consider it. And yeah, it leaves you, it leaves you thin. But I, I think you're taking a risk if you don't upgrade other parts of the roster, anyways. Like I also think that's a risk to just kind of stick with what you have and, and ride it out. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like I, I'm, I'm solidly against all of that. I guess I don't know what else, like how else to, to, to phrase it or, or put it in that I'm not trading a Vesna Trophy goalie for a second round pick two days before the deadline on oh, no, a team that has not for a second round. Pick. Like we're talking about like a. Well, but that's not the market. But but if yeah, you, well exactly. If that, that's and, my, if, and if it's not the market, then but you I, okay, so yeah, of course I'm trading. I'll trade. So I'm going to go the opposite of what you're saying now. I'm yes, I'm trading Linus Allmark for Connor McDavid. No, not. Let's like, hope that happens. You're Fingers crossed. Extremes. Let's hope. But it's I, I yeah exactly I am. But it but it feels extreme to me to to do it. In like to say yeah well to Foley yeah maybe that that would be kind of cool but to to just say that that would be 
like there's no there's no reference point of that being what the market is for goaltenders. I think that's what makes it hard. The, uh, and again, I, I don't think we can discredit the fact that Brandon Bussey's never played an NHL hockey game before. We're, we're all on that yes. page, right? So yes. you guys say, well, six games isn't. What if he can't play six games? Like what we we don't know. Like he, it, 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 there's lots of guys in the minors that have played pretty good at times in the minors that have never made it to the NHL. So to to say that we're all like I don't I think it's a little presumptive to say that we're sold on Brandon Bussey playing one game in the NHL in his career, let alone six in a playoff run down the stretch. And so I think, again, you have to, if you're going to take all of these pieces into consideration, you have to expect the Bruins have to go get a backup goaltender, which is going to cost a million bucks or two million bucks. 2021, they went into the play, and I know Jeremy Swimman had played NHL games, so it's not apples to apples, but they went into that postseason with Swayman relatively unproven as their number two behind Rask and well Tuka but Tuka's not Tuka been to Stanley Cup final like Tuka's not this not built the same as these two guys who haven't won a playoff series before yeah he he, but he was also banged up at that point so there was a chance you you're gonna need Swayman he wasn't happy Yarrow Halak but he was he was in the wings too so it, it again and and I would suggest that that team wasn't, you know, thought of quite as highly as this team. There was a lot. There was what? That was that was that was when no one was in the building. We were all wearing masks still, right? So that was like you couldn't really do much. It was just okay to go go on. I think I guess the the best way to do it is I'm saying no, don't trade the goalies, and and other people are saying yes, trade the goalies. If if he pulls off a trade and he gets great pieces, I will tip my cap to everyone who said that was a good idea. And and, and there might be a play. I, I There might be a play where it does work and it's a good idea. I don't see it because I haven't seen any other goalies getting traded. And I'm seeing guys like Markstrom who should get traded, not get traded. So I'm thinking that tells me that there's no market for these guys and I'm not trading them for a third round pick. Or um, maybe there's one team that's desperate for a goalie correct. and the and, price goes up for Omar because he's the only one available. Listen, if that happens and then again, I, I will, I'll be impressed with the move by Don to find that thing. And I'll, I'll come on here Sunday and say, I, I was completely wrong and I, I completely got the market wrong and that was a great deal. And you guys were all right. I'll, I'll well, happily do that. <laughs> I'm not trying to be right. It's just, it's just that my, my risk reward, like my way of thinking about the risk and reward of it has changed. Like the risk I thought was too high before. And now I just don't see the, like the way that I'm thinking about it now, if they're willing, if they trust Swayman, um, that the risk isn't as high as I thought that it used to be in my mind. So that's why I've changed to, it would have to be the right deal. Obviously it'd have to be bringing in a winger that can make an impact of a forward that can score. Um, and then you might be able to get more use out of that than Olmark if you were just going to keep one goalie. That's where my brain is at this week. I'm a little bit upset with myself that I got here because I feel like I went from yelling at Adam Jones that this is a stupid idea to then, like, one day waking up. And anytime you agree with Adam Jones, you have to question. Well, uh, <laughs> but, but it's also, like, I, I think you become more open to these ideas when the team is scuffling here and and – looking for ways oh, all right what do they have to do like how do they get this back on track uh and by the way worth noting i mentioned it earlier but allmark hasn't been playing like allmark recently either so you know 87 i think i said 875 over this five game losing streak since the all-star break he's basically been league average like you're not no. helping his trade value you know he's a fifth round pick well hey not, <laughs> not not my job to help his trade value so um Let's go to David and Wellesley, who has a trade thought not involving Linus Allmark, though. David, how are you doing? 
I, uh, just a couple of points. Um, as someone who watched the 2015 draft, to me, a hidden benefit to trading DeBrusque would be we might be finally able to start putting it behind us and stop thinking about it every time he's on the ice because taking Zaboral and Senzanitsin and him is what's killing them right now in terms of death, I think. And the other thing I wanted to say was that I can't believe that Andrew Raycroft thinks they should go all in just because of their record. I mean, last year they got Orlov and Hathaway at the deadline, pretty tough guys, and had an over, you know, the greatest record ever, and they folded in the playoffs, and everything we've seen so far suggests they're going to fold in playoffs again this year. So I, I don't know where that thinking comes from. Uh, they also don't really have the ability with the cap space unless they go through, you know, jumping through hoops to try to even do anything creative. Uh, to me, I, I think you should just sit pat and take what's going to happen. So okay. those are my thoughts. All right. Th- thanks a lot, David. Uh, all right, you lost Ray- me a 2015 draft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's nine years ago. Like, whatever reco- – yes, they, they blew it. Wasn't good. Should have gotten better players. But whatever recovery you have to do from that, like, it's happened. We're, we're nearly a decade past it. Um, it. It is what it is. Like, yeah, sure, you'd love to have Kyle Connor. Matt Barzell would have been a nice player to have. How Thomas you those guys under the cap? They're all making ten right. million. Right? So how do you make? If, how do you fit those three guys making ten million? If you had, if you had drafted Barzell, you're probably trading away Krejci at some point before the end of his career. Like, yeah. L- listen, I was at, for a while. I was as big a fan of ripping that draft as anyone, but it, we're nine years past it. Like it, it. So so much has changed. There's been so many retoolings of the roster. It. I, I don't think that's a factor this year like no okay so uh, yeah his point of why we should look at their record and and it that's the only reason why we should something like that right like i why i'm yeah, he, big he on a, this team because of the record and then he went to last year well they had a great record and they blew it in the play so we just don't it doesn't matter like I, that's what i don't understand that i don't understand any of those arguments i don't so so we just stand pat don't ever try and get better in life. No, like everybody just stand pat. We will all just stand pat. Don't try and get better. Don't try and do better tomorrow. Just stand pat and and hope for the best. Seems like a re- that, that's how all of these guys got to the highest do- profession in the in the world. That's how they got to the highest level of their professions by just standing pat every day. It, it it seems that, like a real like C's get degrees kind of mentality. Well, <laughs> like we're just gonna skate through, get the C. Make it into the and again, playoffs. I go, of course, I know Orlov and Hathaway and Bertuzzi aren't coming. Like, I get it. We're not pushing all – they can't push all the chips. I get all of that. But but to say just stand pat and not try to make the team better is, like, so defeatist and, like, sad to me. Like, why would you have – why would you call, Why would well, you have that mentality on anything? I don't – Before we get to this last break, Razor, I want to get your thoughts on this because, yes, players, coaches, they can't – Throwing the towel, like, like yes. I'm going to jump in just real quick because that goes to, like, yeah, if he makes a deal and trades a goalie because it makes the team better, then yes. Like, right? Like, I don't think right, – I don't think – that's my opinion that it doesn't – I don't think they can make the team better by trading the goalie. But if he does and they do it, I'll be the first one clapping because that, that will mean that 
that's trying to get better. So sorry I had to jump in on that because that no, that kind of good. barbells yeah. my side is that I'm not I'm not negative on on any move if they make it and they think it's because their team's getting better and and if we if there is a path to trading a goaltender for a player that does make them better and I, I, again I'm going to champion that I, I really would. Okay, so let's say because of all these things we've talked about the cap space the assets trademark whatever. Don Sweeney does end up standing pat because he just can't find the right deal. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything before Friday. What's the reaction in the locker room? How do players react to being a second-place team, being firmly in the playoffs, your general manager doesn't do anything at the deadline? That will depend on what happens around them. But it can be negative. That like that can be negative, too. And that can that, – we saw the excitement last year when all those three when those three players came in and, and wow we're the best team in the league and we're going for it like there there was absolute excitement and you can you do get a bump from the deadline one way or the other and I, I think that's an important message for the team to send as well. Listen, if nothing happens basically across the Eastern Conference because basically no one can make a move. And Don Sweeney goes down and has his meeting with the guys and, and says, or with at least with leadership, and says, listen, this is what we do, and this is what we had on the table, and this is how it went. And and that that message is sent one way or the other um, around that deadline. And that, that will be okay, but I think if Florida gets better, the Leafs get better, the Rangers get better, Carolina, Hurricanes, Tampa, Detroit all make moves, and then and Bruins just don't do anything, I think that'll be – you can – be discouraged by that as a player, certainly. So, again, a big mental piece of all of this and why, you know, trying to get better is always really important. Because and, and just saying, when I hear selling or standing pat, I just hear it so negatively. That, that could happen where you don't make moves or nothing happens, but it won't be from a lack of effort or, or a lack of care. And there also is a mental aspect to trading someone off the active roster, too, though, like, you have to be Allmark, right about yeah, it. Yeah, like if if Allmark, they they like Allmark, right? Like that's not him and Swayman are legitimately best friends. How does that affect the mentality of the team? Well, that's it, and that that's where you go. Like if you trade again, and I know you guys aren't saying trade him for a draft pick, but you know what if you're a player in there and you're saying we just trade? And I know you're not saying that, but I'm saying if it, if it is that just to get a piece for somewhere else, but it, yeah. that piece is a fourth that, line energy winger. Yeah, okay? that's that's not an investment at that point. That's, that's right, like, yeah. exactly. So that's what management has to be careful of doing these things just to do it. It has to be really well thought out because everybody's watching. The, the guys are watching every single deal come across the board. They know who's getting who, what team's getting what. And and that's why this week can be can be important, and and we see those small little deals like Rich Peverly. I love the the mythology of the Rich Peverly deal. Uh, that makes a difference, and and some team will talk about the Rich Peverly deal forever because of what they did this week. All right, we got to catch our last break here. Final segment of Sunday Skate coming up, taking up to eleven a.m. Razor, I know you, you have to run, so we will be right back after this on Sunday Skate on WEI. Dunsky, yes, Dunsky, <laughs> Dunsky, Dunsky. All right, welcome back to Sunday Skate. Final segment. Razor had to run. Bridge of Prue's still here. Yep. I'm Scott McLaughlin. Uh, let's, right off the top here, since we only have a few minutes left, take Phil in New Hampshire, uh, who has a thought on on trading a goalie. Hello. Happy Sunday. Hi, Phil. Happy Sunday, oh. Phil. Thank you. Um, 
Listen, I think, um, you know, last year we had Linus, right? And we had, like, we had Swayman breathing down his neck. They were close, but at the same time, there was that healthy competition. Um, I think now that it's flipped and they're so damn close that I think that the healthy competition thing is, is gone and it's just, like, nothing matters. It's like, hey, you know, three goals a game, yay. I honestly think that trading Linus or Swayman, who, but I say Linus, Trading Linus would and having Bussy breathing breathing down Swayman's neck is probably a healthier thing for the team itself. I think that our goalies don't have edge anymore. They've turned into the same goalie. They have terrible rebound control. There's no there's no aggression anymore. It is it is bad in that, in that our goaltending is bad right now. So I don't know how you feel about that, but when I watch this, it's a glaring to me. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Uh yeah, both goalies have had some off games recently since the All Star break, and I think that's really. why my mind has changed to, to the point where like, right because I'm it, willing it, to go there. Yeah, because it's kind of like if, especially early this season, at times last year, like they bail you out when the rest of the team isn't playing all that well in front of them. If that's not really happening, which it it hasn't happened as much this year, certainly not in the last month, then yeah, it's having that tandem isn't as much of a strength as it once was. Now, I I still think they could get back to that because I do still think they're both good goalies. And I still think you have, you know, you have one of the best goalie situations in the league, period. So, like, I wouldn't totally give up on one or both of them bouncing back in a big way down the stretch. But, yes, right now it's very easy to look at and be like, well, is that even really that much of a strength? Because it kind of hasn't been. Yeah, it's and it's like, is it a big enough insurance policy that it's that you you're not willing to to move away from one of them? And Scott, this is for you. Uh, I get to pick the <laughs> outro songs, and Scott, this is an inside joke. Uh, you know what song this is? Uh, yeah, the the this is Creed, which <laughs> is a, f- a favorite of the skate pod. So yeah, phenomenal choice. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for this week's Sunday skate. John Lines. Coming up next, so plenty of good Patriots talk. If you've been, uh, you know, hanging around, if you're if you're done with done with hockey talk because the Bruins just have you you miserable right now, but we will be back 9 a.m. next Sunday. Bridget Razor, myself, post trade deadline, post trade deadline. So we will Big have week. we will have a trade deadline to react to. We will have a roster, the final roster to break down and figure out exactly what the Bruins have as they hit the stretch run. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.